Welcome to the Freedom to Learn podcast, exploring freedom, autonomy and social justice in education. This recording was made at the 2020 Freedom to Learn online forum. Um, So I'm Sophie Christoffi from Phoenix Education and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Mark, Simi and Ava who are going to be leading this session together. (laughs) <laughs> and um, Mark's a head teacher for two schools that are based in Slough and in Windsor um, and I met him at an event earlier on this year pre-lockdown um, that he organised together with diverse educators at his school um, and Simi and Ava are co-founders of Not A Trend which is an anti-racism campaign that also organises um, within Changemakers Lab um, and our students getting GCSE results next week um, as well from South East London. So the purpose of the session is for Simi and Ava and Mark to be able to, to ask questions and explore ways in which students and head teachers can, can work on changing um, school and education together basically and, and what under making sense of the opportunities um for change in school so um i would love to hand over to um simi and ava and mark okay so morning everybody um th- just so you all know as well this is the first time simi ava and i are meeting i know simi and ava know each other but i don't know them um so it's really great to get to know them um and i know that um well, Chris, um, Sophie said that there was um, some pre-prepared questions, which we might want to start with to start thinking about some of the um, the issues you want to raise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess one of the first things that came to mind, thinking about affecting change within schools and like going um, uh, working with head teachers to do that, was kind of the issue of school council and. Um, whether it's helpful, whether it's harmful, does it give students like a false sense of they can affect change? Because often I know with our experience of school council, a lot of the changes that they make aren't that aren't usually what the students are asking for. Mm. So what were your opinions or experiences of school council? So um, I remember being a very young teacher and being asked to be in charge of the school council and I've done I've done it in a couple of schools um, and now obviously as a head teacher I meet with the school council and um, and and work with them to to try and affect some change I completely agree I mean traditionally school councils used to concern themselves with well in, in education we used to say tuck in toilets so the t- you know complaining about the toilets and complaining about what, what was going on in terms of food um, and that was that was the remit of the school council and often it never had any much more than you know a sort of bit of a sh- talking shop complaint um, sort of you know um, sort of function and then realistically for lots of schools and lots of students they they didn't necessarily always see the change that they wanted so i completely agree with you that school councils um can be seen as something that um isn't necessarily um the most um effective in affecting change having said that um i don't necessarily think that the the council itself might be the issue um i think that bringing people together and people who might want to represent, which is effectively what a school council does, represents other other students, um, 
And just by the way, I'm using the word student. I use the word student in my current school. Some students, some schools use pupils or children or adult, you know, whatever it happens to be. I'll use the word student. But um, some school councils and students, um, they often represent, they often are democratically elected. Sometimes they're not democratically elected. And that's that's an issue that we could discuss about whether or not that's the right thing to do and how that might happen. Um, sometimes they're just appointed. Um, and and I, I would argue that that's probably not the right way to go about it, That in my view. Um, I think it's better to have um, democratic um, appointments um, rather than appointed by somebody. Um, and then if they are representative, then I don't think necessarily the, the, the issue is there, therefore the, the, the vehicle of, of school councils, but more the, the power of school councils, like what it is that they, what, what, what they raise and what they actually do. And I think it's the job of schools, but also um, things that students can do um, that to, to, to empower themselves to be able to talk about the right things. Um, that's certainly my experience. Have you ever, have you been on a school council? Have you had that frustration? Yeah, I think some, and with us, some years it was democratically elected, but other years it was, they were appointed, which I do see such a big issue with. Um, but yeah, being on school council, I think you kind of, it does give you, I think in some ways they did kind of outline the sort of limitations of the council, which I think is important to do of saying, you're not going to be able to axe um, schools on Fridays or something like that, or uh, change lunch times like the slots or whatever but I think um, to certain extent it does um, it's useful I think to see how kind of making decisions and the decision the, the decision process works which I think is useful experience in schools. Yeah I find that as well I think working with students to try and bring about change in my school um, I find that 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 initially and especially um, those who haven't um, either been on a school council or, or tried to enact change often think oh I can see an issue I can see a problem so the solution is obvious why don't we just do that and they, they think it's a really straight line between the two things sometimes and then get frustrated when they're trying to work through that change um, because th there are lots of barriers and there are different um, you know things that can stop um, change from happening, and so um, I think there's there's a job of um, of school leaders and the people who lead, um, for example, the school council that you raised. Um, I think it's a good good thing that in your experience that the, the remit of that um, council has been really clearly explained. But then within that. Um, I would be asking my students um, what it is that, you know, I would want to empower them to say, what is it that we should be talking about within, with, you know, we've got a democratically elected, hopefully, um, representative group of, of students who want to, who have said that they want to do something different, that they want to enact change. So what are the things that we should be working on? And, and almost give, giving the students the, the power, the legitimacy to be able to talk about the things that, that matter to them rather than saying, you know, should, you know, you, you tell me. And sometimes I know school councils are used as, as a sort of sounding board. And I think that's sometimes really useful. Um, I, you know, sometimes I want to know things about, you know, what students think about our curriculum or, I don't know, our extracurricular provision or something. Um, and so sometimes that sounding board is useful to have, a, you know, a, a, a pre-established group who can give you those, you know, those, those views. But often um, you, that needs to be done with time as well, because I think 
it's you know I can't just call the school council in and say okay tell me what you think about this I think like, like anybody should if it is representative they should go back to their constituents back to um, other students and actually seek views um, and some of those things take time and so I think sometimes schools are a bit time poor so I think that's the problem as well yeah I'd agree with that because I think when I've been on school council um, I was on it twice in my school which I wasn't really meant to do but um I remember just like you would want to go and talk to your tutor group about it but um obviously like a lot of the time like the the you wouldn't be able to there wouldn't be like some tutors would set aside time some tutors wouldn't obviously in tutor time I know my my experience is a bit of a free-for-all I don't know if every, everyone was like that but I know mine was like a bit of a like it kind of ended up being do what you want um so it's quite hard to get that structure to actually properly affect change and then I think also if you really wanted to do something within the school council, at least in my experience, you had to be elected to go because we had school council and we had year council. So, and you couldn't really do anything on the year council really and truly. You could do, if you went on the school council, it meant that you would have actual meetings with the head teacher and it seemed like they would have like reports written up. It seemed like that was kind of more structured because I remember I was like invited into like a singular like specific event a few times in that and that seemed like that would be a possibility to make change like make change within the school so yeah that's kind of what I've noticed and I wonder what you thought about having that kind of two-tiered system and not having like the spaces that we need to have structured time at all the schools does to have properly run school council. Mm. So uh, the sound was a bit strange for me there but I think I got most of it so I think um the um, uh, I think that it's true that, um, and I've experienced it myself as a teacher as well as a head teacher, um, that um, tutor time and you know getting those views of different students can be a very diverse experience. Um, some students can do it, some tutor groups can do it really well, whilst whilst others don't necessarily do it in the way that you might want. Um, I do think that if you are um, asking for people's views, there might be a way of structuring it that gets the information that you're actually looking for in a way that um, isn't um, sort of just that free for all, that open. Um, and um, therefore, you know, diverse um, experience. Um, and if we were thinking about that, you know, in in the world in general, in, in outside of school councils, there were things that we might do to try and gain views in a, in a sort of systematic way. Um, and I don't see why school councils can't propose some of those things. Um, so it could be around the, the school council coming up with a survey, coming up with a maybe a voting system on certain things, maybe a way of gathering views in a in a structured way. Um, you potentially using technology so that you can actually analyze the views um, of. Of, 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 of students but also um, actually possibly broadening out that experience because if um, if a tutor group doesn't necessarily have the time or something's happened or 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 they they don't you know they don't take it seriously necessarily but if they want to do it in their own time and they want to complete a survey outside of that then they can so often by structuring some of the ways in which we gather views and consultations I think that can help um, to then inform, better inform um, the decisions of school councils. And that's what we would do, I think, for lots of things. And I don't think we should wait for teachers necessarily to, to come up with these things. I would I, I'd suggest that, you know, and teachers are incredibly good at 
their jobs. I'm sure they, they work really hard. I know my um, all of the staff that I work with are just really fantastic. But they are, they, you know, there are there are a lot of pressures in schools, and they are working really hard to think about their curriculum, to think about their subjects, to think about their assessment, and all those things. Um, and so sometimes some of the most obvious things that you would want to spend time on, they, 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 it doesn't necessarily come to them. That's where I think students can come in. So I, I say to my, I don't, I often say to the students, I don't, I don't want the teachers to have to do all the thinking too. If you've got a great idea, let's, let's have it. We, we're working collaboratively. We're working together. Um, and so if you said to, the, said to the school council, I think we should, rather than just going back to, ask people's views and, you know, bring them back in, in you know, on a piece, you know, having written down on a piece of paper, you know, what, what people have said. If you want to come up, if you design something collaboratively or um, design a vote or set up, I don't know, a Google form or a Microsoft form or something where people can, can submit their views or whatever it happens to be, then you can really systematically do it and don't wait for the teacher to, to, to you know, don't, don't wait for the teacher to come up with that idea. Just propose it. And, and maybe even trial it on something that where it could work. Um, I do think you can have some of the best ideas. Thank you, that's actually quite helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I just was wondering, was kind of talking to teachers like throughout this um, lockdown period has kind of given me like more of an understanding of like the process in, processes in school and it kind of makes me like, um, understand what they're going through for why some things can change some things can't but I think often when you're as a student you don't have there's not that clarity of um seeing the processes and like the inner workings of how the school and staff work so Mm -hmm. then obviously because you don't understand that you kind of automatically like why can't you just do this why can't we do this because you don't have that understanding and like what would you say is a way that schools can kind of give clarity to students on, you know, the ways things work, why they do the things, why there are these policies in place without, of course, having that sort of like professionalism and that boundary between like staff and students, but then also like letting students know that, you know, we have, we have rules as well that we have to follow, uh, follow, like what would your advice on that be? Mm. So I think this is, um, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? It's sort of different layers of vision in terms of what people can see, and I experienced that a, li- a little bit. I've experienced it in my job, in my career. Like I've, I've been a a young teacher where I just taught I taught French um, um, for um, for a while, and all really I was interested in was my classroom. And then I you know I, I did some other jobs, so I got you know a sense of you know sort of middle sort of leadership and then um, senior leadership and then whole school leadership and now across school leadership and um, it's you as soon as 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 you as you go through and experience different um, different um, challenges and that's effectively what I think leadership's about just taking on different problems and trying to find solutions um, they as you do that you you do get different in, insight into things and I do think that um, I can understand why a teacher and therefore a student who can't necessarily see all of the things that are um, all of the the interests of everybody necessarily all of the things that have to be done I certainly didn't know about lots of things before becoming a head teacher and then all of a sudden you're exposed to the things that you have to um, engage with so I can I understand the view completely and I understand the problem um, I think some of the, um, the 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 things that schools need to do um, is to 
is to get better at explaining the why. So not just the the what and the how, because we often say, you know, you have to you have to do this, you have to do that. We, you know, we're very good at setting rules in schools, but not necessarily always explaining the why. And um, we we do have a bit of a mantra in my school about start with why um, and start talk about the why before we start before we talk about the what and the how. And always go back to the why if we're if we're struggling with something to see well is that is this the right thing to do and and try to explain the why to 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 students too so just to, like as a quick example um it was um about i think it was a year ago now we changed our um we call it a culture policy rather than a behavior policy but effectively a behavior policy um but we talk about culture because we wanted to be about the way that we the way that we do things um and not just not just students but staff too and that we changed that but when we changed it we worked with students to do it we um explained the why the why of why we thought it was the right thing to do to change um we worked with students staff and others we trialed it we got views from lots of people um from from parents to governors to um teachers to students um we put everything together in a document but then not only that when once we started training staff so all lots of schools will be doing some training in september um some inset days usually um but following that we didn't just stop there and lots of i think lots of schools do that they stop there and then they think okay what should we do with students separately um we then did a series of assemblies where we effectively did almost like a mini version of the training for teachers for students to say this is the why of what we're doing so we can explain to you the reason why um we've taken these decisions and it wasn't in isolation we haven't it wasn't me sit, sitting with a you know my laptop or a pen and paper and saying okay here's the going to be the culture policy of our school it was really a sort of a group effort and we changed some things because of the because of the trial because of the feedback that we've got um, and because of the different views of different um people involved different stakeholders so we we wanted to do sort of full circle not only um at the at the launch we wanted to make sure that we involved everybody and then we also had a day where all parents came in we call it in our school we call it learning review day but they come into school and during that time we then explained to parents too you know having had gone through all this process here's also some of the things that have changed in our school and it gave them the updates so we tried to make sure that we've got a series of um of strategies to to do that explaining of the why as well as the what and the how because we can get focused on you know why do i have to wear a tie or why do i have to you know do homework or whatever it happens to be the school policy on whatever it is um but often the, uh, the, the it can be about the what rather than the 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 the, the deeper why um the other things i would just say as well is that don't always wait i don't think that um leaders are very good and this is the truth i think because they're busy and i think teachers head teachers in particular are busy they don't always know what you can't see they don't always know that you don't know that um so don't wait for people to explain it to you i think the most important thing and again one of the um, values of my current school is is curiosity and i absolutely want students to be asking questions all the time not just about their learning but about other things and i do think that you should be asking and ask uh, you can always ask in a polite way about why is it that we're doing it in this way um and you can do it both formally and informally depending on the nature of what it is that you're asking about you can do it individually so you can do it as a, as one person or you can do it collectively you could do it as a school council for example or a group of interested students um and actually the more that i think um we come together with in, in interested interested parties so um groups of students frequently um 
um, could come and address me. Either they request a meeting with me to come and talk about a particular issue, or they request, uh, or they write to me, for example, um, to say we're interested in this. Can you explain the why of that? And I think that's when um, that's when I see some of the things that students are think interested in, and I don't always, I, I wouldn't have always predicted that. I wouldn't have always known that. I think that's such a great approach yeah. because often in schools we just get told kind of what the policies are, what the rules are. And yeah. I think once you find out, understand why, then that just gives you so much more like clarity on it. And then as well as that, if you, if our students, if you don't like the why, then you can question that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it just explains things a lot more. So like, how would you kind of promote that culture of you're open to actually people coming and asking and like are going to explain it like how would you promote that and like make it uh, like open to students because I think often head teachers are open to it but it's just as we don't kind of know that you are and we don't mm. want to get in trouble or anything for coming and questioning you yeah I completely understand that um I I also just like as a just as a bigger picture I think about government like this like you know are we waiting to to question sort of Boris Johnson um about his policies or are we doing it and we I think most people are you know especially especially online and especially this morning with A-levels and GCSEs they're doing it um they're questioning and I think um as you say, most um, teachers, most um, head teachers, will be open to to a, de a degree of this. Now, I, and I know that it's there's a spectrum on this. Some are um, more open than others about um, about how much. Um, questioning or scrutiny or um, discussion or debate that they, 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 can, they can tolerate within their context. And I know that it changes and there are, there are real reasons for that. There are, you know, um, some schools are in a particular place where they're trying to improve standards or they're trying to improve um, certain aspects of school life. And that really has to be the focus. And so sometimes, you know, other questions might be not necessarily the right time. I still think it's on uh, the head teacher should do some work to explain that and to explain that to students to say actually these are going to be the priorities um, because because and the reasons why you know the 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 reasons for it. But I wouldn't necessarily wait for the head teacher because that that that's quite disempowering. That I think by saying it depends on the head teacher about how open they are um, is is um, yeah it, it can it can mean that it depends on which school you go to and therefore we get that same diversity of outcome. Um, some are great, some are not, some are, some, some are somewhere in between and probably the majority. Um, I would suggest that and I would want my students to know and that again this is me um, saying it to my students but I would say I, I do say to them come and speak to, to me if, you, if there are things that you want to talk about but I, again I get that not all head teachers have done that but it doesn't mean that you can't. Um, so I would find ways to um, to speak to, to, to the head um, or indeed senior leaders. It doesn't always have to be the head. I think the most relevant person, I think sometimes, sometimes it might be the deputy head who's more relevant to talk to or an assistant head or a head of year, or, uh, depending on what the, what the issue is. Um, and, 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 and doing it in potentially um, a, yeah, I, think, I think depending on what the issue, it depends on the issue, but I think um, if it's a small thing, it can be done informally. But you can do it reasonably semi-formally by um, by either writing it down or requesting a meeting. Those those simple things um, just legitimise a space to talk about this particular issue. And you can explain your thinking. I think the most powerful things are when you're really just authentic in yourself and say, you know, if you, uh, Simi, if you said, 
I really don't, I'm not raising this because I don't want to get into trouble for raising it. I just have a genuine question um, and I'd like to know, um, could you explain to me X? Um, then um, I'm sure that your um, school staff would, would provide the time to do that. And equally, again, go back to what we said about school councils. It could be that the school council might say, okay, well, you might raise this for the school council. There's an issue that we want to talk about. Why don't we invite the deputy head to come and talk about that particular issue to the school council and open again the space to legitimise that conversation so that we don't... And you can, and the school council should, I think, therefore, be right at, you, you, know, you could write a letter on behalf of the council to the deputy head to say, we'd like to invite you to a meeting. Could you attend this term to be able to talk about this? Um, and some of the questions that we already have. It's always good to give um, teachers a bit of advance notice so they can start thinking um, and preparing because I think nobody really likes being put on the spot. Students don't like it, staff don't like it, um, but and they don't like that feeling of being grilled. But if you can say, look, these are the things that we'd like to know about, would you be able to come and explain these to us? Um, seeing it in that way, I think certainly would, um, you, I think you get some good results. That's also really good. Um, I was just wondering just um, about, because I think some teachers say it's sometimes better to go to the governors. What would your kind of like views be around that, like going to the governors instead of, and how to like request governors meetings and that kind of stuff? I didn't hear the last part about going to the governors and then? Um, requesting meetings and go, requesting to go to their meetings, because I've heard that we, I think even we've been told it's sometimes better to go to them. They can affect more change than the actual head teacher and senior leadership so I'm wondering what your views would be around that and how best to go about that. So um, I, 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 I feel a bit mixed about it if I'm honest I think um, I, so I did I worked in a school once where the model was that the head boy and the head girl sat on the governing body so they had to go to all the meetings and I actually don't think they enjoyed it very much um, I I think the idea is probably and it, it almost felt like it was um, a good idea but actually the the level of um, discussion the things that were being um, talked about I don't feel that they felt they particularly and that was in a particular school in a particular context but I don't think they felt that they had um, enough voice or enough insight into some of the things that they were talking about. Um, but I do think that some things like student representation could work um, or at a governing body level. Um, taking issues to a governing body, um, I think without having already spoken to school staff, um, could be problematic for you. Um, and the reason for that is um, governing bodies, their, their job is to hold accountable the head teacher and the senior leadership team um, for the things that they do. And it's a bit like, um, I don't know, your maths teacher going to your parents without talking to you first. Um, if, they, if they haven't raised an issue, if they, have, if they say to you, you haven't done your homework, um, you have at least the opportunity to, to, to sort that out. Whereas if they call your mum straight away or you call somebody at home and say, um, you know, and complain without having told you. And I think that's, I think that's how head teachers might see it if they haven't. They, I think they like to be involved and I think most people like to be involved and, under, and understand that um, 
that what the issues are in their schools so that they can help to try and address it. That doesn't mean necessarily that you can't include governors, because I think if you have an inclusive environment, it's really useful to do that. So um, I always think that there's room for um, student voice um, with, gov- with, the gov- with the governors, whether it's either at the meetings or um, when governors come into school, because governors don't just meet and, you know, there are other things that they do. Um, the governors in my school come in really regularly to, um, to look at different aspects of, of our school from, you know, curriculum assessment, student culture, the provision that we have have in place, things that we're working on, um, events and activities. So when they come in, it's always a, it might be a good idea that they they also talk to students. That would that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and it and you can um, you can you can maybe even request the to whoever you're working with because I think having an ally on the on the staff, um, whoever you're working with. Um, when, when a governor is in to discuss this area, can we also meet with them more, you know? Um, and and why not invite governors, for example, again, if you've got a, if you've got a forum, whether it's a school council or another, or another forum, it doesn't have to just be the school council, it could be an interested group of people coming together. Um, why not invite them to a meeting to, to, to be part of the debate rather than um, taking it to them? Because that could be quite scary for students as well to stand in front of a governing panel to say, here's the thing that we 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 want to discuss um i know how you know i know staff would find that scary too and i know some sometimes students do so why not invite them to talk with you rather than um it being that way you know just you you going to the governor's formally say um but also i yeah i would i would always want to know the governing body would by the way just in terms of process just in terms of things that you wouldn't see if um if a student wrote to say the chair of governors in my school about an issue, the chair of governors would most likely come back to me and say, okay, can you tell me about that? What's happening about that? Um, and so inevitably it would go, it would go back to the head to explain. And so it's probably the best place to start. I would st- start with the senior leadership team or the, or the head teacher. Um, I think I was saying this, I think it's a really good and interesting concept with us like all coming together as like a, cohort as like with different kind of members like some of the senior leadership some of the students some of the governing body talk about this because i think that's something that's worth it a lot of schools then it would seem like more of like a that students have more control over what they're seeing they can see the different levels of process going on and if like there's something that a student's really passionate about or group students passionate about or like the whole student would be passionate about that could definitely be something that's worth i think i think I really like that idea. <laughs> so one other thing that I would say, and this is, I think, the most important thing about anything that you want to change in a school, I would say start where the school is. So um, like whatever the school's working on and um, whatever the school says that it's, say, its values are, its ethos is, and its priorities are, and you can see most of that from the website, but I'm sure you're teachers and the head teacher will be telling everybody in the school about their, you know, mission, vision and values, um, whatever they are, align your, your, your change to those things. So a really easy example. So like my, so my, the first value in my, we have four values. The first value in my school is unity. We talk about unity a lot. Um, so if when student, when in fact students have done this, so when, um, 
we saw in the media, um, it was during lockdown, but when we saw in the media, all of the stuff about Black Lives Matters um, and um, students thinking about um, curriculum changes in response to that. When they wrote to me, and they did write to me, when they wrote to me, they immediately said, okay, the value of our school is unity, and therefore um, we think that part of that piece should be um, to do some work on Black Lives Matters and anti-racism and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're aligning it to the stuff that I'm already talking about. And therefore, um, uh, it completely legitimizes their conversation. So every school has a set of, say, values. They might have, um, usually they do. Um, most schools have a mission statement. And most of the mission statement will, I will, you know, I would put money on the fact that it'll be to do with preparing students for their future in some respects. There's normally an angle. It might be about going to university. It might be about, you know, getting great jobs. It might be about excellent exam results or something I don't know about brilliant learners but usually it's the same thing it's about preparing people for the future and therefore um, whatever part of that that relates to the cause the issue the change um, that you want to see then you should align it with that and also all schools will be working in in terms of they, every school has a development plan every school has a and they all they have a, a certain number of strategies that they want to improve certain number of priorities um, and within those priorities, um, first of all, we need to find out about them. You need to know what they are. But inevitably, they will cover something that you are that relates to what you're, what the change that you want to make. Um, they they're always inevitably the same. Um, you know, they might they'll be around curriculum or assessment or student culture or you know staff training or something. They'll always be they'll always be. The, similar things because schools do partic a particular job of work within society so um, if you can align your change to those things um, explain how it links to and therefore contributes to so it's not working against but working with um, the school and its and its mission and its vision um, then I think that's a really good way in um, and then within that you can then fi find out the member of staff who's in charge of that area because whatever you know if it was curriculum um, I would want to have a conversation with you, but actually the person who leads curriculum in my school is the deputy head and he's fantastic and knows everything about our curriculum and, um, and is the person who's driving the change with me and others, but he works with everybody. So then I can, uh, you know, we'd be able to talk to you about who the best person to work with is. That's actually really, that's really helpful. Good idea to, like, align it with their school policy and their mission thing, then they're less likely to... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. In, um, the, the principles of this, by the way, are really like, it's actually deep rooted in theory as well. So it's really like, just what I just said is um, the, um, the whole thing about community, like from community organizing, where communities come together to affect change, they always say start with, start where the world is, not where you want it to be. So obviously you might have a really big, dream a big goal a clear target but actually you need to start where um where where the place is you know you can't you you have to you have to bring people with you so um if if you figure out where where your school is where your um context is and like what is it working on what is it what's what are the priorities of the people who um are in charge and then how do i align my the change that i want to see with that um then um you're much more likely to to get buy-in um, and I definitely think that um, they'll be interested in student voice. One thing that I would say about student voice as well, something that's in my mind, is 
I wonder, I'm quite interested in this about organisations. It's something that I'd like to do for my school, which I haven't done entirely, um, is to, to almost audit the school about how much pupil voice, how much student voice is happening across my organisation and in which ways. Um, I'm really interested in that um, to find out how much students are contributing, not only in terms of voice, but also in terms of action um, about um, uh, uh, um, in different areas, because there are loads of different areas. Um, I know that part of the policy for me for like how to get the school better, pupils are a part of that. They're part of that that strategy. Um, And I know that in my school, we talk about to teachers about the language of entitlement that they're entitled to receive the feedback of, of pupils rather than, than than it being sort of done to them. So um, teachers, every you know, in terms of their lessons, in terms of their curriculum, they are act proactively given feedback from pupils that are in their classrooms so that they can help to improve. And actually, one of the the the, the feedback on that feed on that feedback, the feedback from teachers has been that the feedback they get from pupils is more helpful than any feedback that they get. Much more helpful than the feedback that they get from me, um, much more helpful than the feedback that they might get from external visitors to their classrooms or people looking at their curriculum, you know, from books just, you know, from a policy point of view. Um, so I think, so I know that there are bits of policy, that, that bits of, sorry, bits of uh, pupil voice happening in my school in a strategic way, some ways that we've planned it in. Um, But I know that there will be bits of school life where that's not happening, areas of school life where we haven't invested in. And just because of time and because of of focus, we've decided to focus on a particular area. But by doing that sort of audit, by trying to find out, well, where is it happening, where is it not? And where could we, it it starts to open up the the conversation about where could we include students more? then um, I think that would be a good way forward. And it might be a good thing for a student council to do. It might be a good idea to say, well, we're the student council. We've been democratically elected in September or whenever it is. Um, Let's let's find out in our school where student voice is actually happening and where it's not. And then to talk about where it could happen. And and I do think that um, often with with, students, you'll then get students who are interested in particular areas. Um, and I think that's when real changes it happens because you can align um, pe- individuals with their passions. So we have some, I have some students in my school who are really passionate about um, curriculum redesign and looking at things like um, diversity and inclusion within the curriculum. I've got other students who are really passionate about getting guest speakers in. So they, they've been working really hard on that. Um, I've got others who um, are really um, interested in just a particular subject and want to um, promote that subject and do, you know create a society for that subject I've got others who are really interested in mental health and are doing work on that so there's loads of different areas where people then once we discover where student voice is happening where it's not and then say well could it happen there then you get students saying well actually I'd love to work on x um, and it sort of you know it, it, it opens up the conversation it opens up the possibility that's so important like because I think often uh, the student voice is concentrated in certain areas and the areas that are neglected you end up thinking that oh that means that you can't actually change that area because like oh if there if you could change it there would already be student voice there but mm. it's it's often that just sometimes it's forgotten about not mm. that it can't happen it's just that there just hasn't been like a need for it or there hasn't been time to implement it but if you take stock of like what you've got what you haven't then it's kind of, oh, can we put it in the places where we don't? 
I think that's so important. And I, I think it would be, I, I can't see a school who would um, object to that. In fact, it, like I said, as a head teacher, that's a really interesting piece of work um, that I would love to have for, for my students to undertake, not just me. Um, I'd like to know where we're doing that because then I can also, you know, head teachers want to, they want to sing the praises of their school and their students. And you can say, look at how much my students are doing um, in our school. And the, and again, these are the things that we're working on. This is the area um, where we're what that we're developing this particular academic year, for example, or in the next few years. So I couldn't agree more. I think um, it, trying to do an audit of that, and there will there'll be um, there will you know tools and um, strat- like ways of doing that, and teachers can help you to do that too. There's ways in which um, you know we can we can develop things that will be able to audit those things, questions that we can come up with to find um, the answers um, about where student voice currently lies, where you know. Um, where students are most actively engaged um, or not. Um, and also it might just be even about how students feel. You know, we could, ask, we could ask that question. How do students feel about it? You know, do they feel like they're engaged in the decision-making? And if they're not, what are some, once we've got that information, what are some of the ways in which we could, you know, um, what, what could we develop to make sure that students do feel engaged in their school and in the, um, the policies, the practices um, and the decision-making? So lots of lots of ways lots of ways in. Um, I was just thinking maybe we could open up to the floor to see if there are any other like questions in like the group who would like. To ask. I was just wondering to have a bit of a sort of blue sky thinking moment, and if there was one thing, I know Mark, you just talked about a change that you would like in terms of identifying maybe more across school where student voice could be increased but is there a, is there a change that you that feels really strong for you at the moment um it's a question for Simeon, Ava and for Mark like something that feels you feel really passionate about wanting to see change either in schools or in the education system more broadly I don't know who wants to take that question first. <laughs> um, I can. Um, I think thinking broadly, just more honesty from um, more of the people who are in power to people who may feel like they don't have as much power. I think once that honesty and that conversation, that dialogue opens up, then it's a lot easier for changes to be made collaboratively and it doesn't feel so much of the students fighting against the, the system and the teachers to get changes that they want to see. But it's kind of schools being honest and saying, this is like, we generally do want this as well. Um, so that students see like the governing bodies and like teachers and student leadership teams as kind of people who have their wants as well and who are honest about the things that they can do, things that they can't do that you can kind of work together and move together instead of it being the teachers having to like okay we concede we'll, we'll allow you to do this but it's like a thing that you come to together and then I think that changes across the board and throughout the school can be made. I love that I, I, I can't agree I couldn't agree with you more I I completely agree. I think um, there's something that I say to students often, you know, um, it's often, schools are often about, you know, seen as us and them and students versus teachers, etc. And I do think that um, 
that's why you, and I, it's not an accident that unity is that, that first value because I believe in that unified sort of approach and I don't I don't think it's us and them I think it's we're working together actually to achieve the same things um, you know most students want to be successful I've never met a student that doesn't really want to be successful um, students want to you know want to be knowledgeable want to be um, engaged and so if those if those are the aims of students I think that's the aims of schools too um, and, and it should be the aim it's certainly the aim of, of, of my school and so I always say to students you know once you if you if we stop fighting each other we all win you know um, and so we need to work collaboratively to to make sure that we're on the same page that we understand where we're going and then and then work together to try and achieve that um, in a spirit of unity but having said that I do understand some of the barriers to it I know that um, it doesn't always things don't always feel honest um, there's often a perception in schools about um, in, from, certainly in my students from my students that schools are only about exam results that they only care about that um, I've heard that a number of times from students and actually I since being head teacher in my current school I've very rarely talked about exam results. I, I very rarely do it. I talk about all the other things, and yet I still I'm still accused of only thinking about exam results when I'm, that's not what I talk about. Um, so there is a perception within education as well, not just and it's it's applied. It can be applied in my context, but um, applied across the the um, the whole education world of well, certainly in England, um, but equally across the world about about just very specific outcomes um, and there is a there is a debate about opening that up and talking about more than you know outcomes of education being much larger than just a set of numbers or letters um, and I do think that um, that that's a real uh, it should be a real driving force in schools to actually broaden what are the outcomes of education having gone through you know from um, in secondary school from year seven to year 13 what should the outcomes look like you know and for me, they don't start with what your grade in maths is. It, they start with who you are as a person um, and talking about some of those things. But they're less easy to measure, aren't they? Like you can't, how do you measure kindness? How do you measure critical thinking? It's hard. Um, those are some outcomes that I would want. Um, and that's why, why it's difficult. That's why they're not necessarily always valued because you can't measure them necessarily. Um, but there are ways of doing it. And I think we should look in, in schools at ways of doing that and be honest about how we do it and what you know honest about our what our outcomes but also honest about the pressures so i have a lot of pressure from government and from ofsted to get really good grades now that's the truth um because we know that good grades are the things that help you to then go on to the next step to help you be successful etc so i don't believe in it being either or i think it's both and i think we need to be working to try and get really great grades but we don't always do it by just focusing on getting great grades so um that's but that, that's how I see it. But and I try to be honest with with, with staff and students about it. But it's hard because um, I, I'm not necessarily lying. I'm just saying these are the priorities. Um, and so it's hard because people don't always believe you. <laughs> they always think that there's an ulterior motive. Um, and sometimes it really is just what I'm saying is true. <laughs> Please believe. <laughs> um. Eva, is there something you want to work? What you would want to work on? Yeah, I I'd say similar things. I think just creating a culture of like listening and really listening to what everything say, making sure everything's really collaborative. Because I think if I feel like often, like I know in my school, um, and similar, but um, but I feel like there's been things that 
have been brought up so many times and I think often the staff in our school they kind of put it, it always feels as if like it's just put aside because they like don't want to hear it even though there are being like good like um arguments put forward for it not just students wanting to bring their own bags because they want to bring their own bags but genuinely the bags that the school provide and sell are really bad quality great and is causing students who may not be able to afford to buy a bag every six months that breaks to lose money for their like other resources they need because they're buying a specific school bag but if they had the option to choose other ones that might not happen but that's been going on for so long now. And it kind of, this kind of relates to the question I just saw pop up that it's been going on for so long now. Like, I want to create a culture that, like, you can, like, it doesn't feel as if, like, it's always a losing battle than the staff. There's, like, this massive division, I think, is quite similar. But, like, what do you do if, as question um, says, what do you do if there is, like, they're not aligned with the idea that they, it almost feels as if they're, like, they don't want to do it at all. Like, when do you just, like, give up, basically? Mm. And when do you keep going? Mm. It's really it's hard, isn't it? I think that's what... I think, I think that's how we build resilience. Resilience happens over time, and we don't always get... That's what I was sort of saying about, here's the problem, and I've got a solution, let's just do that. And there's actually a load of stuff in between, and it can be incremental, and it can be hard, and it can, it can not work out, and, you know, there can be more for failures than necessary successes. Um, but I really want to empower students to, to go on that journey because I think that's where you build resilience. I think it's where you, you learn about yourself, about the world. You learn about where the remit of what you can do and what you can't do and the, you know, the, how you can act, enact change. Um, but unless you're pushing at that boundary, unless you're really sort of trying, then, then, then certainly that it's ne- nothing's ever going to change. Um, I think... It's true that not all head teachers will be as aligned to changing certain things as others. And so, for example, I don't have a bag policy, so it's really easy for me to talk about because I don't have I don't have this issue, which you do, and you know it's affecting you. One thing I would say is, um, um, well, there's a couple of things I'd say. First is the um, there'll be a perception probably about why you're raising it, um, and you've got to think about your why as much as the school's why. So um, ask, uh, is, is the issue really about sort of the quality and et cetera, as you say, are you being honest or is it you just want to be able to bring your own stuff um, and be honest about it? Um, and if it, and I don't, I don't know, I have no idea what the, you know, the, the, the issues are, but why are students re- raising it um, and be honest equally? Um, is if the school's why is is to because and, and have you understood the school's why? Is, like find out about it. If the school's why is about making sure that everybody um, has access to the same resources, etc., and and you know it costs I don't know less, or you know it's not fashionable, so students don't have pressure or um, to have to keep up with trends and all those things. I don't I don't know what the the issue. Is. I don't know this particular issue, but if. Uh, I think first of all it's about understanding and really understanding the the whys as we've talked about but also understanding our own whys about why we're raising it and what the issue is the other thing I would say is that it might not be the priority of the school at that time and I think that's that's why um, it might be difficult um, there might be almost the, the head might be thinking or the, the senior team might be thinking you know there are bigger fish to fry than the bag um, they might 
especially right now, they might be thinking about, you know, we've got to reopen during a pandemic. We've got to keep people safe. This isn't the right time. And sometimes that's okay. I think you've got to pick your battles at the right time as well. And you can't always necessarily, I think you can't always win them when you want to. Um, so think about, you know, in terms of the, the, the bigger context, what's going to be the most important thing that gets change happening now um, and again in line with the context that I was talking about so in line with um, what the school priorities actually are um, if somebody wanted to change an, an element of my uniform today say footwear or something I would probably say well uh, certainly I can't um, I can't do it now because I want to always give people lead in time you know parents have to buy these things um, and I would never want to do it you know five minutes before the start of term. So I'd always do it, you know, sort of with a good, good amount of notice. And so you've got to think long term in a way. You've got to think, well, actually, if I, and this is true, if I was going to change uniform in my school, I would have to go to the governing bodies, the governing body to propose the change, to discuss it with them. They would have to approve it to write a new uniform policy, which then would be communicated to families so they have enough time to do it. That whole process takes about a year if not longer, um, to be able to, to get a new uniform policy in place. Um, and that's just uniform. So things do take longer than, than I think often we think. Um, but, but there are some, there are quick wins. And also, also opening up the, um, the, the dialogue is the, the bit that's the important bit. Having had the voice about it, um, I think, is the important bit. And to make sure that your voice has been heard through that discussion um, and... And uh, for, I don't know in terms of in terms of the bag issue. I don't know specifically, but if there are real legitimate concerns, staff should absolutely know about that, um, and there should be a formal way that you can communicate that um, through um, again either through a formal me mechanism like the a school council, etc., or by um, you um, as a collective maybe writing to the head or meeting with the head to talk about your concerns. Okay. <laughs> Did anyone else have any questions? I know I've talked a huge amount, but I do have, sorry, I just wanted to okay. say one of the, the priorities for me for my school and some of the schools I'm going to be working with, I actually, the thing that I'm really concerned about, just with doing blue sky thinking, is I really want to do stuff on social and emotional learning. I think we teach loads of stuff about, you know, we teach maths and French and geography and history. Um, but we rarely talk about emotional regulation and understanding um, and the priority for my schools in the coming year is going to be on social and emotional learning. I think that's going to be really important, not only for teaching, uh, sorry, training teachers in how to um, teach it and to do it themselves, um, but also to do it to, to teach young people. Because um, I think that's something that um, even as an adult, um, I don't mind admitting that I struggle with, and I know all adults do. Um, so we should be doing more in schools to teach how to um, how to be better at uh, having basically emotional intelligence. Um, so that's going to be the, um, the the focus for my schools. I had a question, if that's okay, um, which is that because we're coming to the end of the session, I'm I'm just really curious about for Simi and Ava. Like, do you usually have conversations like this with your head teacher or senior leaders and what's it what is it like for you to have this type of conversation um, and also the flip side of that to mark do you usually have these conversations with your students so um so yeah just something about process and how it's been and how you're feeling right now um i mean i would say that 
I've had conversations with senior leadership about specific issues, but not so much about this whole specific issue of student voice, as in, you know, how to create effective change. Like, that's just never been something that I thought would be in the kind of realm of possibilities to kind of keep, like, that. I just feel like in my school in particular, I just feel like I just, I don't know if I'd be able to talk to <laughs> the head teacher like that. I don't think it would work. Um, yeah. Personally. yeah, it'd be quite a... It kind of felt like you would just get excuses from mm-hmm. teachers and maybe that's on us being um, like making assumptions and maybe that's something that should change. But then it also feels like in the past when you've kind of raised those issues, you kind of get just like the stock of generic answers of we have this, we have that. Mm. which kind of is for the future is kind of disheartening to kind of you don't really feel like if you did have uh, an issue you could go and say because you kind of thought that you'd get the same excuses as um, you've had in the past just as a reflection on that I think you should still do it (laughs) Um, I don't um, I don't see a problem here I do think that um, you'll get not necessarily you won't always get excuses you might get the reason why and 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 those the the legitimate reason for the the school doing a certain thing in a particular way you might not like that answer you might not agree with it but it certainly will be the reason why they're doing it for that reason but by by opening up the conversation first of all what you do is you make the head teacher aware that you're thinking about these things and that you want to discuss them and i think that's really important like i said you in the way that you can't necessarily see how maybe the senior leadership team and the governing body work in some ways the head teacher equally can't see always what's 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 important for for you in your context so by bringing it to their attention i think you do um open up a space where some change could happen and if you don't then um you're almost accepting that it's not uh, nothing will change and I do, you know I look at the questions we ask of the government if we ask even though we might get excuses from the government say um in answers that we disagree with um that pressure does put you know does enact some change um, and so certainly if I had conversations with students in my school like this, I would take things away that would be on my mind that I'd be thinking about and that would eventually, um, you know, come out in, in one way or another, um, I would hope to try and address. Um, I do try, um, just to answer the question, I do try to meet with students as frequently as I can. Um, I, I won't, um, I, I won't sugarcoat, I won't do excuses, I, want to do, I would like to do more of it. Um, I do meet with students every week. Um, it's part of my um, just routine. I uh, set it up as um, in, in just in a way that um, works for me, so that I can actively um, engage with students. I want to always have. I, sa- I said to myself when I became a head teacher, um, I wanted to see more students in my office every week for good reasons than for um, for bad reasons. Sometimes you only get to see the head teacher if you've been in trouble, um, and um, I, I, I actively therefore have to invite students in, so I, do, I have a mechanism to do that. Um, but um, I, I certainly could do more of it. And um, one of the great things about my students and I, one of the great things I think about trying to establish a culture where this is okay. And I have to admit we're in the, you know, my school is very much at the beginning of this journey. Um, but I have often said that 
you know, if you ask for things, I'm going to try, if I can, to say, yes, I want you to be able to be empowered to do things. Um, I want you to raise questions and concerns. I have seen some of the fruit of that. So I have seen um, students write to me. I have seen students um, request meetings to, to discuss certain issues. Um, and we have um, had students who have been really proactive as well. Some really great success stories. I won't go into all of them now, but students who, um, you know, have said, this is a real issue for me. I want to do something about it. And we've empowered them to make changes themselves um, rather than just doing it on their behalf. Um, so, and that's what I want for all of my, the students in my school. So um, some of the messaging has been, has definitely gotten through, um, but there's loads more to do. Um, and there's loads more to do in terms of where student, like I was saying about where student voice is happening. Um, it's happening in some areas in my school, but not others. And, you know, that'll be the case in all schools. I just want to say thank you so much um, to Simi and Ava and Mark for this conversation and we need to wrap it up now because we're at time but um, my takeaways of this are around um, how we can build trust, how we can have honesty in our schools and and that that's a process and a journey and, um, and I'm inspired by the thought of it. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant having you here. Um, and... <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Brilliant. Take Thank care, you. folks. No questions. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freedom to Learn podcast. For more information about our work, check out our website at freedomtolearn.uk and find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.